only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, even during a pandemic. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. Oh man, I'm already crying and I didn't even get through the opening. It's laughing with us or crying with us. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the person I'd like to be locked in the house with, Mr. Eric Robertson. Good morning. Oh gosh, guys, it's episode 118 and we are doing our four agreements read along. I would say it's a coincidence or serendipitous, but I don't believe that. I believe it is divinely inspired that this week during this crisis on the read along, the challenge is don't make assumptions. So this is episode 118, don't make assumptions, parentheses, during a pandemic, the four agreements read along part three. Now, if this is your first time to the podcast. Welcome. We are so grateful, so happy to have you. If you have not been reading the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, that's okay. You are still going to greatly benefit and enjoy this podcast episode. What we're doing is we're going through that really amazing book and we're covering each of the agreements and we're helping you guys just hear how we're trying to apply them in life because it's such an impactful book. So you can go to all the links in the show notes if you want to get the book, if you want to get an audible free trial. But if you haven't read it, if you have no plans of reading it, you're missing out, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to this podcast episode because this is such bananas crazy advice that is so perfect right now for our planet, for our world, for what is happening. So we are recording this in March. The difference between this week and last week, it feels like a different world. We were on vacation last week. We were at a resort where we're just completely separate from the world. We're not reading the news. We get off the plane last, was it Friday? Yeah, Thursday. Last Thursday or Friday, and the whole world has changed. So we had this big, giant family trip planned to Hawaii, and when we were deciding to go, it was still very much like a questionable, like, we're, we're probably okay, it's okay, there haven't been any cases in, in the U.S. really. Yeah, it had like, just barely started, it wasn't... It wasn't- too big of a worry. If the trip had been planned for like two days later, we couldn't have in good conscience gone. Every single day we're getting new information. So you guys know what's going on in the world. And if you're listening to this later, crazy to reflect back. But here's what I think the most beneficial thing we could do just right this minute is let's all take a deep breath in and out. So we're going to breathe in for four. I'm going to count it out for you. We're going to hold for two, and then we're going to exhale for six. And what this breathing pattern does is it slows our heart rate. It calms us down. Before we start talking about not making assumptions or talking about the crisis, the state of the the world, I think the absolute best thing we can do is come into our bodies and try to ground ourselves as much as humanly possible. So I'm going to count this off for you. You're going to breathe in for four, hold for two, exhale for six. Ready? Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold one, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. Great. Let's do that one more time. Eric, did you feel your, you feel your heart rate slow down, right? Yeah, I do. It's amazing. Okay. One more time. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Four, hold one, two, exhale one, two, three, four, five, six. 
And you can take that breathing exercise and you can use it throughout the day. It's something that I've been doing when my mind starts racing. I'm making all of those assumptions. I'm jumping to conclusions. Or even when I'm not really conscious that I'm doing that and I just kind of feel my energy or my frantic or whatever level start to elevate, I come back into that breath. I think the flip side is we start to sink down into a hole, you're either going to elevate upwards and feel frantic. And if you're elevating upwards and feeling frantic, do that breathing exercise. And then this is another breathing exercise that I think is better if you're feeling like you're sinking down into a hole and you're going to go. So I'm breathing in four short through the nose, out four short through the mouth. And that's a really invigorating breathing exercise that it just kind of interrupts your breathing pattern and it's going to also bring you more into your body. Here's what I want to say. I feel like I was made for this. Like in the most weird, absurd way. And it, it hasn't kept me from feeling sad or anxious or anything else like that. But at the same time, I just keep saying to Eric, babe, I was made for this. I was made for this crisis in the sense of the work I've been doing, the podcast, the tools that I have been creating and cultivating and getting ready for the last three years that sometimes it has felt like, why am I preparing all of these tools? tools? Are people using them? I'm like having to tell people, like sell people on these tools. And now I think everybody's going to really be excited to have them. (laughs) And so the reason why that makes me so excited is because I'm like, I have resources to help you. I have so many resources to help you. We have over a hundred podcast episodes. We have free gratitude practices. We have free pep talks. I have been trying to link to all of them on my Instagram stories go back through the old podcast, access those pep talks, access those gratitude practices, especially if you're feeling like doing meditation and other things are really hard, the state of mind you're in, that's what the gratitude practices are for because they're mindfulness, but they're a very active form of mindfulness. And so I feel like they're really, really accessible. I also have my awesome on demand program. All of my members in there are just, it's such an amazing community. I'm going to be doing a lot of live on Instagram. And then also, can you even believe like at the end of last year, I did that series of me reading kids books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I've just been sitting on the, like the other two I have. So anyway, what I'm saying is I talked about this concept a little bit ago, this idea of look for how your fall is being padded. And I think that's like such a really beautiful exercise where when I start to sink into the unknown or the panic, I look around for the way that this fall has been padded for me. And I know without a doubt that I'm not the only one. I was talking to my friend Ashley Lemieux, who was inspired to shut down the retail side of her business. Right? And she's just like, I can't even believe that I did that. At the time, it seemed crazy. Now, for those of you who are feeling panic, like, well, my job didn't align perfectly. There's lots of different ways that our falls are going to be padded. We all have different life experiences. We all have different lessons to to learn, to grow from. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? This is just the beginning of this. The economic fallout is the thing I think I'm actually the most concerned about. And so in that vein... I shared this on the live yesterday, and then we're definitely getting to not making assumptions, but I really feel like this is tied to not making assumptions. 
hoarding (laughs) comes from a place of lack rather than a place of abundance. So we can approach things with love or fear. Lack is based in fear and abundance is based in love. People have been really, really horrified at people hoarding hand sanitizer and people hoarding toilet paper. But our tendency to hoard our financial, our spending is gonna freeze the economy. With Allison's brand school and how many online and small entrepreneurs and businesses and large entrepreneurs I work with, that's where my heart goes. <laughs> Obviously, really quickly, I start thinking of how can we try to still stimulate any economy that we can. So I'm gonna be providing resources through Allison's brand school on how to sell responsibly during a time like this. But then also like, I think it's our responsibility as people who create content or sell product, if you fall into that category, to think of the value that you can increase for people and their needs during this time. That's something I'm going to really be working on and I'm excited to share with you guys. So let's get into not making assumptions. Eric, how did you feel about this chapter. I'm always amazed with how a powerful lesson that is explained clearly. It almost seems to me that the biggest and the I don't truest truths are short and sweet. So Do you ever feel that way? Absolutely. And because they're short and sweet, like love versus fear, lack versus abundance, because they're short and sweet, they can start to sound trite and overused and lose their meaning. Yeah. At the beginning of the chapter, Don Miguel Ruiz says, all the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. So taking things personally was that second agreement. And then he says, take a moment to consider the truth of this statement. I'm going to say that again. All of the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. That's a really big, bold statement. And I think you really have to go through your life and think of the biggest pain and drama and hurt that has happened. I think it's interesting because if I objectively stand back and say, what are the things that have hurt me the most or caused me the most pain and suffering? I don't know. It's hard to say because I honestly would say my pregnancies are like pretty high up there with things that have caused me pain and suffering in terms of mental health, emotional health, and physical health. And so I'm having a hard time seeing how not making assumptions, do you you see what I'm saying, like relates to that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been pregnant, obviously. I don't know how to... I mean, I saw you through those times, but I don't, I don't know if that's true. I, I think your physical pain... No, I'm talking about the mental anguish that happened when I was pregnant. I'm going to be honest. When I think about the mental anguish that happened when I was pregnant, it was rooted in making assumptions. Okay. It was because I got this really debilitating thing. It's called cholestasis. It's a, it makes you itch and it's you, you have a really high likelihood of getting it again. And by itch, I mean like I wouldn't sleep for days at a time. It, it makes you itch like it's not topical. It's like under your skin. Rad's pregnancy was by far the worst. And I think the anticipation, the assumption yeah, yeah, yeah. of it returning was a huge, huge part of the mental and emotional anguish. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's true. Because... Because notice, like, I, the first thing I didn't say was, you know, the pain in my life was I got hit by a car. Yeah, that was physically painful, but I didn't take it personally. The fallout from the from the accident has, and the fallout is more of the emotional and mental 
side, Mm -hmm. which falls in the making assumptions. I think that it's easy for me to say that in a sense, though, because when I was hit by a car, it wasn't a personal attack. Somebody who has suffered physical or sexual abuse, it feels very, very personal. But... And again, I'm not going to speak to that from a, from a place of, of knowing, but the second agreement we talk about and not taking things personally, like we really do examine and go into the idea that when people are taking acts of aggression on other people, it has nothing to do with the person being acted upon and everything to do with the person acting. When we learn and try to not take those things personally, that's you know, where we release the suffering. Right. So it's it's pretty crazy, the, the idea of not making assumptions. What are some concrete ways that going about the day we make assumptions maybe that we don't realize? This one you do realize, and I just want to say it first to get it out of the way, as, as a huge example, is the political climate of our country and world. Oh, yeah. You can't read an article without assumptions about the other side or mm. assumptions. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's such assumption and separation and such suffering because of the assumption of someone different from you. Or or how about this? Since they're a different political party than me, I assume that they are all these other things as well. Yes. And we do that racially. We do that with religion. I Absolutely. mean, this, no, this it, is... it's, it's across. We do it unknowingly all the time. It's a poison. I was just using that as an example because it's yeah. easily understandable. No, I think that's really good. And it's crazy how like the democratic debates have been going and then this pandemic pops up and I know that people are still talking about the debate, but right. It's not, but a, it's- bit, not a priority <laughs> at all. Yeah. So making assumptions about other people, I think it's really, really hard to see sometimes just how severely we are judging. That's why my favorite definition of judgment is separation. Right. I love that. Because anytime you find yourself trying to separate yourself from someone, then you can acknowledge that you're judging. Assumption is rooted in judgment. It, it is. This is why the, Don Miguel Ruiz says, he says, we have millions of questions that need answers because there are so many things that the reasoning mind cannot explain. It is not important if the answer is correct. Just the answer itself makes us feel safe. This is why we make assumptions. A little bit earlier in the book, he talks about the idea of asking questions over making assumptions. And that's like a first powerful takeaway. And this is something that I do when I start to find myself making an assumption or a judgment. And I think you can actually just, you know, supplant the word judgment with assumption if that resonates with you more. I was thinking about this, and this actually was a conversation that popped up on my Instagram. Why don't we ask questions? So this is the story. This seems so small that we were in Hawaii and I was wearing this beautiful African ensemble made by Ladies in Liberia Shop Bombshell. My girl Arshel sent it to me. It's very bold and bright. I was in the store and this guy, I'm making a lot of assumptions about him based on the way he was dressed and the way that he spoke to me. <laughs> he looked like a frat guy. This is right. This is like, I can't think of any other way to describe it. He looked like a total dude kind of frat boy. A lot of assumptions. Yeah. A lot of assumptions. <laughs> I'm making a lot of assumptions. He kind of like brushed by me earlier and was like behind you or something. Like he had already been kind of abrasive with me. As he was leaving, he walked by me and was like, you look comfortable. And, and I said, thank you. And then later I was like, why would I say thank you to you look comfortable? And people are like, oh, he probably meant you look comfortable in your skin. And I'm like, well, if you had 
seen him and heard the way he spoke to me, I don't think that he's the person who walks around thinking she looks comfortable in her own skin. Assumption, assumption, assumption. Okay, the basis of this story is all of my assumptions, but why was my go-to response to say thank you? Well, it's because I'm a woman who's been programmed to believe being nice is the most important thing in the world. But aside from that, it's because me turning around to him and saying, what do you mean by I look comfortable? comes across as aggressive. But does it really? But I think that we somehow believe that asking questions is confrontational and aggressive. And and a woman brought this up in the comments. She's like, we don't ask questions because we feel like we're being confrontational when asking questions can be one of the most understanding, compassionate things we can do. Because if we're asking questions, we're not making assumptions. Right. Can I read what he says? Yeah. It says, have the courage to ask questions until you are clear as you can be. And even then, do not assume you know all there is to know about a given situation. Once you hear the answer, you will not have to make an assumption because you will know the truth. He also says, find your voice to ask for what you want. Everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. Likewise, everybody has the right to ask you, and you have the right to say yes or no. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I love how he says, find your voice. Here's how I interpret that. If you're worried about asking questions because, and I definitely do think questions sound confrontational. When people ask me a lot of questions, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> yeah. now that's like, a, and it's an assumption that that they're attacking you or doubting you yes, when, when yes, they're just trying to find I, clarity. Because I feel like people are doubting me. And so this is something that I've been working on personally. <laughs> yeah. Something that's actually really helped me with this is Gretchen Rubin has a book called The Four Tendencies. And one of the tendencies is to be a questioner. And questioners are people who understand the world by asking questions. So Eric's mom is a questioner. Um, My sister-in-law is a questioner. They understand the world by asking questions. That's not how I understand the world typically. When I realize they're asking questions to understand, to build their reality, basically, I stopped taking it personally. I stopped making it about me. But I love how he talks about finding your voice to ask questions. So let's again use this very, you know, insignificant example of this guy kind of saying something to me in the store. If I truly had love and understanding in my voice when I asked the question, oh, what do you mean by I look comfortable? That's very different than what do you mean by I look comfortable? Because there's right? an assumption in your question. There's an assumption. You, you, yeah, totally. That, that, I, I haven't thought of that. That's and so because I've been trying to think to myself, how can I ask questions in a way that really, really is about love and connection and unity rather than distancing assumptions and separation. And so I think the trick is not just to ask questions rather than make judgments and assumptions, but to ask questions from a true intention of connection and understanding. And so if you can, and I think this is something that like any other muscle or any other exercise can become second nature so that when you go to ask a question, it's coming from a place of trying to understand rather than trying to judge because asking questions with judgment behind them is the same as making assumptions. Yeah, he uses uh, emotional poison as the word. So in my mind, to make this easier for me, it's like in my communication right now, is there emotional poison or am I clear of it? Yeah. And that helps me to not 
use assumptions. Now, I think it's really easy. Again, I love this example because it's it's so seemingly insignificant with this guy at the store. And I think kind of like a barometer or a way to ask yourself, is this emotionally something I want to engage in right now? Is what is the importance of the, the person in your life? This guy in passing, I think all people are important. Was I really so bothered by what he had to say? No, not really. It's just a good example. I'm not awake at night thinking about it. It just illustrates the point really well. Though I'm not beating myself up over the fact that I didn't ask him. Oh, what do you mean by I look comfortable? But think of all the times in relationships, especially as we are being asked to self-quarantine and be at home and we're at home with our kids and we're at home with our partners. And I mean, we are in close spaces and we're not getting the breaks we used to get. We don't have the routines we used to have. We are going to need to not make assumptions and judgments a lot in order to stay in healthy, happy relationships. Okay, so this idea of self-quarantine It reminds me of the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. Or in any other faith tradition, we interpret keep the Sabbath day holy very differently. And people can get judgmental. Oh, we saw them swimming on Sunday. They're not keeping the Sabbath day holy. They went out to eat on Sunday. They're not keeping the Sabbath day holy. They didn't go to church on Sunday. And this whole self-quarantine is reminding me of that, where everybody is kind of looking at the way that other people are doing the quarantine or social distancing and passing judgment and assumptions on other people. Have you have you been seeing that or Yeah, well, I think Twitter's totally <laughs> that, that's the main purpose of it at the moment. And and there's a difference between knowing what's right and wrong. When Don Miguel Ruiz says when you believe that you are right, you hold on to your assumption to the point. He says, when we believe something, we assume we are right about it to the point that we will destroy relationships in order to defend our position. Okay, so if you believe that the way you are doing self-quarantine is right and other people are wrong, then you will destroy relationships almost to the point to prove your rightness. Yeah, well, I th- there's a difference between observation and, and assumptions, I think. Okay. Because... There are things that are facts, you know, universal truths. Just because someone is doing something differently than you, you can observe and say that is incorrect, but I'm not going to use emotional poison and assume anything else further than they're just doing this thing that I'm observing. Okay. I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. For the example, I mean, people are, are mad right now because a lot of people are going out to bars and they're not taking seriously the stay at home to flatten the curve to make yeah. it, you know. So how do you I, I not can, make assumptions observe, about well, those people? Well, I can observe that that they are not following the guidelines to help flatten the curve, okay. but I'm not assuming that they're bad people. I'm not assuming that they are jerks. I'm not assuming that they're, you know what I'm saying? I don't need yeah. to go farther than just observing that that, to me, that is not a good idea. So you can observe throughout the day without making assumptions past the observation. Yeah, and I think that that is actually a big part of mindfulness and awareness Mm -hmm. and and being conscious is we're observing things without the need to label them as good or bad or right or wrong. Um, And that doesn't mean that we don't assess what is truth for ourselves. But I think also, instead of making an assumption, how we react to the person that we disagree with, and it's it's totally fine to disagree with someone. Yes. 
how we react to that shows if we're using emotional poison or not. Like these people that are going out, I mean, you can show love towards them and encourage them to not do that in a loving way that would probably be better than making fun of them. Or does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's really what comes from your heart is, is are you making assumptions or not? Or are you speaking clearly and being impeccable with your word? So just as a little bit of a recap, especially if you haven't listened to the other parts um, of this, the four agreements is based on the concept that we've grown up and been raised and, and lived in society, religion, family, communities, where we've made all these agreements either consciously or unconsciously. And the agreements might be that people who do things differently than me are wrong or bad. An agreement might be that if I don't suffer, something I make isn't going to be good. Another agreement you might have is in order to be a good mom, I have to completely ignore myself and feel guilty if I don't ignore my own wants and desires. So Don Miguel, this is basing Toltec wisdom, and his goal is that by making these four new agreements, you will help uncover and let go of agreements that have been holding you back. Like Eric said, let's recap. The first agreement is to speak impeccably, be impeccable with your word, and that means also impeccable with your thought And negative thought and judgment is like emotional poison, as Eric has been saying. The second agreement is to take nothing personally. And the third agreement is don't make assumptions. So let me me just say one more thing. I I love how he says this to kind of wrap this up. He says, if you don't understand something, which is a lot of things, almost everything, right? Okay, so let's take it back to the state of the world right yeah, now. If you, yeah, so think about these people that that you're like, okay, what's going on? No, I'm like, I don't understand the virus. Sure. Like, I don't understand what the doctors are going to do about it. Like, I can read articles, but I get so confused and they make all these graphs and I then want to cry because I don't understand them, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's, that's a, like a macro experience. There's also yeah. the micro experience of, I mean, you can relate this to how you want, but he says, if you don't understand something, it is better for you to ask and be clear instead of making an assumption. The day you stop making assumptions, you will communicate cleanly and clearly free of emotional poison. Without making assumptions, your word becomes impeccable. So for me, somebody who very easily gets overwhelmed because I tend to go to the macro, to the very big picture in in a certain sense, I like to bring it back down to what is in my immediate circle of influence that I can understand more clearly? And so I got up this morning and I exercised and I did all the things to help me, you know, feel good like I've been trying to do. And driving home from the park where I was exercising because I'm trying to get outside, I just started to feel so sad and I started to feel so overwhelmed for the people losing their jobs and people who have to be in homes that they're not safe being in for minorities and marginalized communities that don't have the resources that we have. I just started feeling so overwhelmed with all of this. Instead of driving home, I pulled over for about 10 minutes and I was like, I'm going to see what I can do to get my mind to a better place so that when I walk in with my kids, I'm not as grumpy as I was when I left. And I pulled over and I I did some meditation, just tried to to clear all of it away. I've been doing this exercise that I think I shared where I stand in front of a banquet table that is filled with all of the things I need to do, all of the things I could partake of, and then I... I visually clear the whole table. And then I ask, what is it that I need to bring to the table today? I saw this really beautiful imagery of like a glowing heart. I just was like, okay, I just need to bring love 
to the people that I influence today. Now, that doesn't mean that tomorrow I won't be inspired with more direct action of how I can reach out to the school district or the community around me. And maybe even today I'll be inspired with that action, right? But when I start to think of like all of the people who need help and all of the different ways that this crisis is going to affect so many different people, I feel immobilized. I feel almost paralyzed. And when I bring it back to my own banquet table, basically, And like, what can I bring to the table today? I'm like, I can go and record this podcast. I can go and offer some tools and some ideas so that people can act with more love and more compassion in their own spheres, in their own life. That's what I can bring. And so by asking myself those questions, rather than making the assumptions, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to know what to do two months from now. I don't know what the world's going to be like a year from now. All of those assumptions put me in a place of panic, lack, fear, not good inspired action. And when I start asking questions, what can I offer today? What can I bring today? What can I clear away from me? What can I let go of? Even So I love this idea of even asking questions to ourself rather than making assumptions, helps us to show up the way we want to show up in the world. And so I I hope that these ideas serve you. I actually wrote down five affirmations or mantras that I use when I start making assumptions. Because I think assumptions are like the root of panic and anxiety. And so that's why I, I think I have so much awesome experience with yeah, this. Yeah, you are a seasoned veteran. I am a seasoned veteran <laughs> in making assumptions and freaking out. And so, <laughs> so whether you make assumptions about the state of the world, what other people are thinking about you, about not having enough resources, here are my five favorite affirmations for this. Are you guys ready? The first one is, I have everything I need for this moment. I have everything I need for this moment. This is a really good one if you are losing income, you're losing a job. Don't focus on two months from now. Don't focus on two weeks from now. Sit in this exact moment and be aware that you have everything for this moment and that is all you need is this moment. Truly, truly. That's going to keep you present. The second affirmation to help me not make assumptions is to say solutions are on their way. Solutions are on their way. Rather than, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I need to figure it out. Solutions are going to come to me when I align and just get open and ask questions, right? Solutions are on their way. The third one, this one's going to blow your mind. This has been the focus of my awesome on demand. Every month we have a focus and We came up with this focus before all of this happened, and it is, there is no problem to solve. That's a crazy thought. And what this thought does is you just ask yourself, what if there was no problem to solve, and you unhook from the problem-solving brain that is always trying to control and fidget and fix And you let the ease and the love and the relaxation that can pour through you you let that start to direct your action rather than the frantic problem solver. And it's really powerful. The fourth one that I like to say to myself, especially when something big is coming up, is I am uniquely qualified for my exact life. I am uniquely qualified for my exact life. We are having a unified experience right now with this worldwide pandemic 
the way that it is going to impact you, you are uniquely qualified to handle it and to grow through it. You are. You are uniquely qualified for your exact life. Why? Because it's your life. (laughs) And the fifth affirmation, my problems give birth to my power. My problems give birth to my power. You're uniquely qualified for this exact life and the problems that you are having in this life, the challenges, so you could say my challenges give birth to my power. The challenges you are facing are gonna give birth to your unique and exact power. And those five affirmations, we're gonna list them uh, in the show notes and they're always on my website. Maybe just write down if any of them spoke to you. I hope that they can serve you as you try not to make assumptions. I always think of the jump to conclusions, Matt, (laughs) from uh, Office Space. space. And so before you jump to conclusions, Matt, um, try one of those five affirmations. Uh, Eric, do you have a review for us? I do. There's so many great ones. So thank you, first off. We really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Uh, This is from Allie, mom of two. She says, Allison and Eric, I am so grateful for your show. This week I read the four agreements and was particularly struck by the second agreement. Don't take anything personally. Tonight I was on a team of parents doing hair and makeup for my son's high school musical production. I cannot tell you how far out of my comfort zone I was. I have no experience. I was sure I was going to ruin someone's face, but I heard myself saying and thinking so many negative thoughts about how I was going to do a bad job. Mm. And I realized I was steeped in self-importance. My makeup abilities were not the point. The kids needed me and I needed to get out. What a good realization. I I was steeped in self-importance. This is awesome. She says, the kids needed me and I needed to get out of my own head and just be present to them and help Mm. them the best way I could. In that moment, my confidence soared. I had so much fun tonight helping the kids. Over the last several months, I have had so many important aha moments like this. You are really speaking into my heart. I just want to say thank you so much for all you do and for helping me realize how important it is to show up and just to be my awesome self. Allie, that is amazing. Was it Allie? Yeah, Allie, mom of two. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful example of how when we get in our own heads, we make assumptions, we take things personally, we're not able to serve and enjoy the moment. And that was like the best story ever. So shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com and we're going to get you some goodies sent as long as they still let us use the mail. (laughs) Right? Who knows? We want to thank you guys so much for those reviews. They really mean a lot to us. And if you're listening to episodes that are helping you right now, will you please share them? Because like I said, it's my goal to make these tools and resources available to as many people as possible so that we can all try to be in a good mindset during this difficult time. I want to leave you guys with a lot of love. And I want to thank you so much for for listening, for you know being open to this discussion about not making assumptions during a time when basically it feels like all we can do is make assumptions. <laughs> I'm just going to hold myself to this challenge and you are welcome to join me if you feel um, inclined to, to hold myself to the challenge of staying in the present moment, staying in my present power, staying in a place where my mind and heart are aligned with serving the highest good so that I can be part of the light and part of the solutions that are on their way. That is my prayer. That is my hope. That is my intention for this entire community. I'm so grateful that you're here. I have so, so much love for this community of people who show up just to feel a little more awesome so that we can go out there and share that awesome with people that that don't share the same privilege or share the same resources that we have, that we can get out there and we can be mindful that 
you know, if you're listening to a podcast, you're in a, you're in a higher demographic <laughs> and uh, just like statistically speaking. And so I know that we can get out there and share these resources and we love you guys. And I want to remind you only you can be you and you are already as awesome as you need to be. What are you going to take us out on, sir? This is uh, from the album that I did like five years ago. You can find it at Desert Book or online. I love this album. Um, so I remade a bunch of songs from a well-known composer here in Utah. His name is Michael McLean. So five years ago, I was asked to remake his hits. And they are legitimately awesome songs. And so this one's called Hold On, The Light Will Come. <laughs> 